Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to The Playlist Podcast, a discussion about film news and other film-related items. I'm Ryan Oliver, and today I'm here with Rodrigo Perez. How's it going today, Rod? Good, how are you? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing well. Um, we're, we're back again to discuss, um, just seems to be one, one big movie after the other, even though we missed a couple, but we're, we're here to discuss Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which is a movie you've seen two weeks ago now, I believe. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a while now. Yeah, that um, I believe because uh, they screened it or they started opening it overseas two weeks ago. Which typically, when that happens, uh, you guys in New York and the LA critics tend to to get a screening uh, about yeah. that time to keep up with clicks and whatnot. Um, the rest of us peasants in other markets get to watch it <laughs> the, week, <laughs> the week that it comes out. Um, so I'm pretty fresh on the movie, and so. As usual, we're going to dive into the film itself, give some non-spoiler thoughts, go into a spoiler section. Uh, but before we do that, uh, we're going to talk some box office, because I feel like we've shuffled it towards the end of the episode, the last couple, uh, in the spoiler section, so it's kind of hidden in there. So I figured we'd kick off. Uh, we were just reading that the movie has made almost $400 million overseas at this point. Uh, it opened two weeks ago, uh, including the fourth biggest opening in China, uh, $116 million. And... Um, I suspect this movie is going to have a, uh, a decent like domestic drop off from the previous Jurassic world. Um, I just have a gut feeling that it will play out like the, what kind of the way age of Ultron did versus the first Avengers. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I think go on. Oh no, no, no. I was just gonna say, but overseas, this thing's already shaping up to, to be massive. Oh yeah. It's doing, but like we're, we're, we see that this, we see that disconnect sometimes, right. Where it's like something still like, like you know ramping up overseas the interest is growing and 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 north america they're like you know we're over it and i and i really feel like you know you're gonna see a big plummet because you've got something like you know i think it's gonna it's gonna open huge it's gonna be big but like you know jurassic jurassic world is what like it's uh third no probably now about maybe the fourth fifth highest grossing film of all time in North America did like 600 million something like that's not happening with this film. There's no, no way. No. I mean that movie had, and as Scott Mendelson over at Forbes has talked about this sort of like ad nauseum about the, the killer hook of Jurassic world. Um, and when we review this, I could maybe get into some of my thoughts about the movie itself. But as far as the marketing for that movie is concerned, um, it's completely right because the, the movie was focused on the fact that the fully functional park from the original movie is now, is now open and there's customers and the, um, the tagline of the movie was the park is open. And it was also, yeah. uh, the first one in 14 years, it had been 14 years between Jurassic Park three and it, and plus Jurassic Park three was not received yeah, very well. It's, it's like the force awakens effect. Like you have exactly. a, a beloved French franchise that like, you know, it's been dormant for like 15 plus years. Like you always, you're always going to get something huge for the first one. And then, you know, drop off. Although, you know, uh, something like, you know, the last Jedi and those other star Wars films minus solo still did amazing business. Yeah. They still did incredibly well. And it's the same thing with, fallen kingdom i think the movie's going to do really well um yes but you know in north america there's still going to be a sort of like oh it's just another jurassic park movie plus you have the incredibles 2 still going very very strong uh here in north america and then you have uh ant-man and the wasp coming up here in two weeks Um, i don't know how much threat that movie will have necessarily but um it will i mean it will it will threaten it in some way so there's just as usual, there's just a lot of competition and it's a lot of dog eat dog, um, but it's still shaping up to be quite quite a massive success. While we're here on the tiniest little detour or little tangent, 
like in what world did you or anybody else in the movie world ever conceive of a world where an Ant-Man movie made more than a Han Solo movie? <laughs> yes, honestly, that's and and I'd love to save more for when we, you know, eventually discuss Ant-Man and the Wasp. But yes, that's yeah. insane to me. This this right. C list at best comic book character yeah. and Han Solo. If I, if I were going to back to the future, it I would I would go back in time and I would make that bet. I would I would go back and be like, oh, Ant Man's going to totally outgross it and make you know bet everywhere and, and then come out millions ahead years later. Oh yeah, that's I mean that that would be smart because there's no like on paper you're like there's no way there's no yeah, yeah. absolute way. But yeah, I think that movie's going to do um, yeah that movie's going to do much better um, worldwide for sure. But I think even domestically it will probably outgross it um there's no question um yeah uh do you have any immediate anyhow yeah yeah i was gonna say do you have any other uh box office like predictions thoughts about this before we uh move into the not really i'm not a i'm not a huge uh as we'll probably learn from this podcast uh jurassic park the franchise and everything is not necessarily my wheelhouse it's not really my thing even um i'm happy to discuss it because i have thoughts on these kinds of things for sure um, but 400 million already is really good. You know, we're probably going to see something if it's 400 really already, you know, and then let's say, you know, 200, 300 domestic. So we're going to look at a film that's probably going to do like seven, 800 million at least. Right. Oh, um, easily. at the box office worldwide. I don't know if it's going to hit a billion. I mean, we'll see, I guess, but like you said, you know, uh, Incredibles is really going to cut into it, uh, domestically, uh, Ant-Man will, we'll see. I, I, I don't know. You, you might, I think you said earlier on off mic that, you know, you thought for sure this is going to be a billion dollar movie. I'm not so super confident either way. You know what I mean? This is sort of like my kind of, I'll say like 800 million, but if I'm wrong, I, I, you know, it's not a strong, like, Oh my God, I'll be totally shocked. You know? Oh, sure. Sure. I, I think I'm just going on the fact that it's like, it's just ramping up overseas. And I don't like, again, I see that domestic drop off, but I don't see it much less than 400 million. But again, stranger things have happened. I didn't expect that solo would right. like go to dovetail the way that movie did. So um, I mean, 400 million would be a lot. I don't think reviews of this movie have been huge. Like, you know, like there's going to be a drop off. There's no way it's making 600 million, but no. I don't think it can make 400. Like I would, my my gut tells me just based on reviews and, and buzz so far and the fact that Jurassic World, despite being huge at the box office, had an incredibly poor aftertaste in North American audiences like critics and everyone kind of after the fact were kind of like dogging that movie for months. Um, and so I, my gut tells me something in the, in the, in the vein of like 300 to two, 275 to 300,000 domestically. Interesting. I see much higher than 275, but um, I, I agree. I kind of agree on the 400, though. Like, it's again, it's hard to really tell. Um, I was going to say maybe this thing is critic proof. Maybe you know, and this is what we'll get into because yeah. there's, there's some interesting things about this franchise that, um, uh, you know, are interesting and I'd love to discuss. I mean, maybe we should just dive in, right? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so let's get into the movie itself. Um, uh, it's it's interesting you mentioned that the series isn't quite your bag. Um, just because yeah. I, I I dusted off your your wor- uh, review for Jurassic World from three years yeah. ago, um, I think you gave it a B plus. Um, yeah, I was yeah. into it. I was into it. But okay, I, I, which is, um, I was one of the few I think that gave it a, a really positive review. But um, and, and not not that I'm going back on it because I haven't seen it since and I haven't really thought about it since. But I'll say this about at the time is that Jurassic World. Jurassic Park, the whole franchise and everything at the time, never really meant that much to me. So I wasn't very precious about like, oh, this isn't as good as Jurassic Park or anything like that. And I felt as a kind of like thrill ride and something, um, you know, an exper- as an experience in the movie theater, I found it quite thrilling. Now, given, you know, however long that was looking back on it, I'm not trying to be an apologist for my review. No, but, no, not at all. You, but but looking back on it, I, all I'll say is I haven't really thought about it much since, and um, 
I don't know if it's stuck with me, but there's still some ideas that I'd still love to discuss that I think are interesting ideas. Totally. I, I totally understand that. And I think for me, it's, it's, it's weird that, that first Jurassic world movie, just because um, there does seem to be a, a, despite a movie that made that much money um, there, it, it's quite polarizing. Like you, you see it uh, among maybe not so much general audiences. You see it in sort of like the circles we run in. Um, yeah. But that movie seems it's to be pretty despised in our circles. It is, and I'm one of those people who despise it, though I'm also one of those people who, like, I, I do love the first Jurassic Park, but I don't despise Jurassic World because uh, it's not as good or something like that. Because I'm, right, I'm always right. willing to see, like, a fresh take. But the sort of meta-narrative yeah. of that movie, the the whole, um, you know, people, the, the sort of, like, meta-commentary on uh, modern blockbusters, where they're like, oh, there's not interested in a regular dinosaur anymore, so we have to soup it up, right. and we have to make it bigger, and we have to make it badder, and we have to make it louder. Right. Um, like, that's all interesting, but this, but it crescendos to uh, basically the T-Rex from the original defeating the other dinosaur, and it just, yeah. it, to me... It, it, it sort it of said, folds in on itself. It sort of eats its own ideas. That's what I mean, and and it felt like the, the sort of overall message was like, it, it became less a commentary and more of an excuse for why the movie wasn't... Uh, I, I, I think one of the issues about that movie, um, given some some time to reflect on it, is that it it, it um, it's got some really ide- uh, interesting ideas that it floats, and that it like is ends up kind of like countering and kind of confusing itself. Yes, like it's it, it's uh it's almost a, a, a war with itself. It wants its cake and it want and it, and it wants to eat it too. You know, it, it's got a little bit of like, hey, you know, like we understand that that you that this franchise is kind of like you know it it's it's self aware and then it's not. Yes, I agree. Um, and that yes, it folds in on itself at the end. It basically says to me, reading into that was like, well, the original is going to win out, and so why try and replicate it? And you wasted your time for watching this movie. And so that's yeah, it's it's just kind of it's it's sort of ideologically and thematically confused. Ultimately, like it's got some really great starting ideas, and then it, by the end, it's it's pr- fairly garbled. I would agree. And that's sort of what like left a sour taste for me and made me feel like the movie was cynical, not in the way that they kept a franchise going, but just the the way they went about it. It just kind of, it, it felt like it had ideas and then it felt like it had cont- contempt for the audience watching it. And like, I didn't appreciate that so much. Um, I didn't feel the contempt with this movie, but very similarly with fallen kingdom, I, I think it's also quite garbled. Um, like there's, there's a lot of ideas at play, but it similarly wants to have its cake and eat it too. And I got to thinking, um, I, I wonder if this is a weird comparison that I'm about to make, but I felt the same way leaving um, Suburbicon. And I know that sounds really random, but like uh, George Clooney and Grant Heslov, cause the previously, um, one of the other movies they did together or that Grant Heslov directed was the men who stare at goats. And both those movies are attempting to be satire uh, or they are supposed to be satire and they just fall completely flat on their face. Like they just do not work, but like Clooney's more earnest, straightforward dramas tend to work better. And while I'm not crazy about safety, not guaranteed, I'll admit like the earnestness of that movie, I think works I think Colin Trevorrow and Derek Connolly are more suited to something like that and are not like super great at integrating more like broader, like, um, like cultural commentary into this Mm -hmm. sort of B movie package. Like, I I just don't think it's a skill they quite have. Yeah. Well, I, the thing is interesting to me about Colin Trevorrow and his whole thing here is that, um, he is uh, – I've talked to him before. I'm sympathetic to him because I've interviewed him before, and I've also emailed with him early on. And he's a smart dude. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. He also, which I think is an issue for some people, um, is, especially I think it, it came to a little bit of a head with Lucasfilm and what happened with Episode Nine. Mm-hmm. is he's a, he's a really confident guy, and it comes across as cocky to people. Um, but if like for me, anyhow, like when I talk to the, the Soderbergs or David Fincher's of the world, what, uh, what comes across to me is that, is that confidence is, is really under uh, believing in their ideas. Um, and they're well, they're, they're really good at articulating them. 
Um, and so I've always had some kind of, you know, some sympathy for this guy. I, I like him. I'm rooting for him. Um, and, and I know a lot of people kind of aren't. Um, so I think that puts me on a slightly different page. But um, where was I going with this thought? Is, is that um, I'm, I'm, I've lost I've lost my train of thought. No Sorry. worries, no worries. Uh, if you want to try and gather it, I'll just speak to that a little bit. I yes, think um, because I, there is a, a lot of vitriol uh, towards him. It seems yes. like um, you Very know he so. seems to be like a, a poster boy of like white male privilege, and yeah. um, I just. I don't know. I can't, I have not been crazy about any film he's made and I'll be like completely upfront about that, but I'm not going to actively root against somebody because if he makes a like movie that connects with me someday, like great. I hope that is the case. And he, he comes across like, um, there's an interview that he just did with Mike Ryan over at Uproxx, which I don't know if you got a chance to read that, but like, he was pretty, like he was really honest and open. And, um, I don't know. I was, I was really impressed. Like, like I garnered some, some, respect for the guy um i did read some of that i didn't read the whole thing and you know what to me um it honestly read like as someone very much in character but i i think that's i don't know you know different filters right like um uh, i feel like he's a self-aware guy but i know some people don't think that so at all i do remember my original point i'm sorry i'm going back to it no worries colin trevorrow's uh trajectory is really interesting in the way that like Look, the guy made safety made safety not guaranteed, and then did not. He look. This is what happened to this guy: is Steven Spielberg and Kathleen Kennedy, or whoever is the, or I think it's uh, uh, her husband who who runs Jurassic Frank, I Frank Marshall, Frank Marshall. Thank you. Um, and they came to him, and they said, "We want to re- reboot Jurassic Park, the franchise. We really want to do this over again." And do you have a take? And we want, would love to hear it because we we're interested in you and and, and we and you know, and so this is a guy who is planning a, a career, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you got your first Sundance film, and you got some acclaim, and you're probably thinking about your next Sundance film or maybe the one that'll like premiere at the Toronto Film Festival or whatever it is. And then before that can even happen, Steven Spielberg and and you know the producers of, of Jurassic Park come and knock on your door and say. Do you have a take here? We're interested. We want to have some meetings with you. We believe in you. And, you know, I think him and his partner went, uh, this is an opportunity we cannot pass up. Let's give this a think and see if we can come up with something because, you know, this is a huge opportunity and we would be foolish to turn this down. So in a weird way, it's this interesting kind of like total detour that's or, – or, or not a it's more like a, a car slamming into you and totally, you know, spinning your trajectory in a totally different direction. It's a good thing in a way, in most ways, because think about it, what it's done for his career. But I don't think it's necessarily his his original intention of what he wanted to do in life. You know what I mean? Um, so I just think it's kind of interesting that. And then you look at like you know. What's the next thing he's done that was more of like a passion project? It's like the Book of Henry, right? right? And as much as that's a mess and people didn't like it, and I honestly admit I haven't seen it, um, it seems like that's more the kind of thing that he really just kind of wanted to make, these more sort of like human scale kind of films. Um, but he's been given the keys to Jurassic Park, the franchise, and you know, I think he's felt, and, and I think maybe a lot of people would feel this way, it'd be stupid to let this go. And at this point, he's become kind of the executive producer of it and overseeing the thing. And, you know, he's directing the third one now. And I feel like in some ways he feels like I've got to shepherd this thing. This is what I, you know, I, this is this sort of like my baby now and I've got to take care of it. And I got to do the best with like what I can with this. You know, I, I gotta, um, I gotta make sure that, that this maintains a thing because this is the sort of job I took. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that exactly other than, uh, uh, I think maybe people sort of forget uh, that uh, that's not necessarily what his game plan was. No, absolutely. I mean, I don't think any of, for any of these filmmakers for for Gareth Edwards or um, um, Jordan Voke Roberts. Like, I don't think anybody like any of them planned that they were going to get you know to make a Star Wars movie or a King Kong movie or Godzilla movie, like whatever the case may be. Um, and the, there was an article, and I, God, for the life of me, I really, really wish I could 
remember the source. Um, I feel like a terrible journalist, but um, there was an article that came out like a couple years ago, of, like kind of about the plucking the independent filmmakers who like would make the this Sundance hit that would have a splash on the festival circuit, and then they would get plucked to do like Godzilla. We or did something, something like, like that. that. We did something like we totally did something. Oh, did like we? That. Oh, I'm sure we yeah. did. Yeah. Um, but it was like uh, it was basically how like um, they are essentially they're just there for like shepherding story because they could do story and they could do characters and like all the special yeah. effects and money shots and whatnot, you know, they're computer generated like months to a year in advance. So they're like, okay, we already right. know, like these are all storyboarded. We just need you to work through all the characters and, and that right. type of stuff. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Like it, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, Chavaro does by the end of the day, he gets a, a, a lot of flack and, um, Again, I'm not crazy about his movies, but I do think he gets flack for, like, the wrong reasons. He just seems to just get flack for existing as a filmmaker, and I don't think that's right. I just don't think he's, like, quite made a good movie, but um, hopefully he will, um, which makes me want to pivot a little more into this movie. Um, yeah, uh, proper. specifically. Um, I, uh, I, I, it's weird. It's hard to review this, uh, just from the sense that I enjoyed this movie, but it's not good. Um, I enjoyed, Interesting. I, I don't know, like, like it was, it was, uh, it like had enough interesting ideas, uh, specifically ideas about like endangered species and like yeah. preserving yeah. endangered species, um, and like stuff like that I liked. And there was also a lot of like just pure B movie schlock in this movie, which I have a like weird fascination with and, mm-hmm. um, and some of it's intentional, some of it's not. Um, but there was a lot of it I was into, but it's also kind of juxtaposed with like a lot of problems. Um, like if you take out the sort of like thematic stuff that I, that really rubbed me the wrong way about the first movie, like some of the base level problems still persist in this movie. Like the characters are pretty one dimensional and flat. Um, Mm -hmm. the leads have like completely zero chemistry with one another and they're trying, man. Like they're, Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt are trying to like jolt that thing to life. Um, that is their relationship and it just, it just doesn't work. And then, mm-hmm. um, but like, I do think as far as scale, like from a technical perspective, I think Jay Bayona is, is stronger than Trevorrow in a certain sense. Um, and so there's some like really striking imagery in this movie, um, especially in like the final third when it kind of feels like it's a, you know, there's a lot of, like, imagery throwbacks to, like, Frankenstein and, like, other gothic horror movies that, like, that that type of stuff really interests me. But then it's also full of, like, really just really stupid plot twists and really, like, dumb characters. Like, the, all the villains are, like, super, like, oh, laughably the are terrible. Like, They're so yeah. bad. It's so bad in this movie. Um, it's like, like, the, uh, there, there's one, uh, like the, the like the, the colonel or the guy like leading the sort of like black ops like when he first shows up on screen and he speaks like I thought he was like doing an imitation of somebody who speaks like that like it came across as that that phony and then as he spoke more in the movie I'm like oh no this is just how your character talks <laughs> this is quite bad um but like I don't know I it's weird I enjoyed it on like a schlock level but like I could not in good conscience recommend this as like a a good movie um and I'll be really interested to see like what um, sort of general audiences think and specifically like parents taking their kids to see this movie. Cause I think there's moments for a kid that would be like quite frightening, uh, potentially traumatizing. I mean, just like there, there's the animal um, activist angle and the endangered species angle, but there's also a lot of like scenes of animals, like getting the dinosaurs getting put into cages or like, tortured and shocked and it's just kind of like it's really upsetting so it's just like this like like the first movie i think it's kind of like a jumbled mess of like ideas and and like like it wants to have its cake and eat it too wants to have its cake and eat it too as well and uh, i think this movie also kind of like fumbles at the end and folds in on itself just like the the last one yeah that's pretty much it i mean i think my take is the same as yours, except for the fact that, um, and I agree that it folds in itself and it's jumbled with its ideas. Um, but I did not enjoy it and I don't think it's a good movie. That's um, fair. It and, isn't a good and, movie. And, it's not a good movie. <laughs> and, and it's interesting. And I, I think like the first one, it's got some really interesting ideas. The ideas that like, you know, 
of of you know empathy and dignity for these animals and it's sort of like it, it's kind of like you know the the people for the ethical treatment of dinosaurs you know right um, there's a whole kind of peta like thing that, that's basically boiled down to to empathy Let, let's have and because these because these animals in the past i mean it's not completely because you know the first jurassic park in a way does have a lot of empathy for these for these animals the whole idea that like you know we should leave them alone this is nature you know like we shouldn't be messing with this stuff you know there's the classic line that that uh, uh jeff goldblum's character says which i'm i'm not even going to attempt to to um to quote but it's something along the lines of like you know, uh, this stuff was never meant to be messed with and we shouldn't be playing with God. I'm sure you probably know the exact line that I'm talking about. It's not like exactly, but like there's that and the, you know, you were worried too much to think of whether or not you could and didn't stop to think of whether or not you should. Um, yeah. 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 Like the whole idea of playing with God. And so there's in in that kind of way, there's this, this, there's the idea that like, we need to respect what this is, right? Because mm-hmm. this is a this is this is nature. This is something bigger than us. This is something that we don't necessarily even understand. And I think one of I think the Richard Attenborough character in the in the original says something like, and I and I could be wrong that he maybe he's not the one that says this, but doesn't some someone say something along the lines of like, you know, these creatures um, to to survive, these creatures need to do it without us. Like they're they're not meant to be here with us. They need to be on their own, which is like empathy for the for the animal, right? It's mm-hmm. like it's like we are gonna we are gonna butcher this. They, if we want these if we want these things to live, we have to like remove ourselves from the equation. Yes. So it's sort of so so. And then the other movies are are the are these animals are just horror. They're they're, they're monster movies, right? There's like the, they're treated as horror things that just want to destroy people, and so. Jurassic World, or I guess Jurassic Park, in, in its own way, has always has sort of, uh, and, and maybe that's the whole fundamental problem with it is the the, the, the films are always the, thematically at war with themselves because there's the idea that we need to respect and have dignity for these animals, and then at the same time they're these horrific creatures that want to kill us and they're just monsters, right? And that's the biggest part. That's the biggest problem with. Uh, Fallen Kingdom is it, it? It really starts out with the idea, you know. There's this one great scene. There's one great scene where you know it's probably the most Spielbergian thing where we see an animal die. I guess we're going to get into slight spoilers, and and it's very kind of uh, touching and, and it's and it's melancholic and it and it's kind of heartbreaking to see what happens to this animal. So the whole movie, the beginning is is about like you know what's going to happen to these animals on this island. I don't think I'm spoiling anything there from like you've seen the trailers where it's like you know. The island is 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 at uh, is at risk because it's a volcanic island and it's going to blow up. And so, what's going to happen to these animals? And people actually care about these animals. But then it turns into a monster movie, and these things are just trying to kill people. And they and they're no longer we have no longer for empathy for them. We just need to kill them because they're going to kill us. So, the movies are always confused to some degree or another. Um, in that extent, other than Jurassic World two and three, which I think are just straight up pretty much horror movies, the other ones play with these ideas of like empathy and then you know just horrific monsters that we need to kill, um, and and so the the movie doesn't do a hell of a lot for me at all on any level. I mean beyond that, because let's just face it, that's just one sort of thematic idea in the movies. It's not like it's all about that. Um, because a, a lot of it is is you know chase movies right I mean like that and and that's another thing I kind of want to get into like once I you know once we pivot off specifically about this movie um, are sort of the fundamental franchise problems but uh, yeah it just doesn't really do a lot for me you know the the, the characters are, are kind of revealed themselves as I mean I don't think they were very good to begin with but I think they they've really revealed themselves to be pretty dull and they don't have any sustaining power. Um, and so this is not about characters at all. And any of the interesting ideas of the first one have been just sort of like, um, you know, I guess they're still running with the corporate greed thing, which I, I, I did like in Jurassic World. But, you know, now they're remaking the same, like, we're, let's create another super dinosaur. Right. And um, uh, it's like, God, again. And, and it's like, you know, how many times can, you know, I think that was the sort of original problem with like, how many times can, can people keep continuing to make these mistakes yes. uh, with, with, uh, with these animals and with these creatures? So, um, but beyond all that, 
just the nuts and bolts of it. I didn't really enjoy it. I thought it was pretty rote. I was actually pretty actively bored at one point, and I kind of was like, "Like, let's wrap this up. I want to go home. I'm really <laughs> just not not really interested in this at all." I thought the kind of uh, uh, I think Drew in our review was pretty positive on these kinds of things, but the sort of like the Frankenstein-y kind of gothic horror stuff that Bayona does in the third act does absolutely nothing for me. I mean, maybe it's the B movie elements that you're kind of talking about. Yeah. Um, that doesn't do anything for me. And, and that third act is, uh, dull as paint for me. And, and the only thing that's, the only thing that's good about the movie. And I think that's another problem with this. I feel like the whole movie is just built towards that thing is that Jurassic park, or at least the Colin Trevorrow version of Jurassic park, has always been self-aware and uh, self-aware enough to recognize the limits of that franchise, whether it's good or not. It's still like it, it understands its own limits. And so the the movie, you know, I guess if you know, if we want to get into a spoiler section here, it it you know it game changes at the end in a way that it, it's sort of re- recognizing that like this cannot continue if we're going to move this series forward. We cannot keep we, we we have exhausted the idea that we can't keep making these mistakes anymore and mm-hmm. it can't go back to doing this or can't go back to doing these same exact same things over and over again. That's not plausible. Audiences won't empathize with it. So we need to do something huge to, to, to game change this thing. And they do that. And that's bold. And and on paper, it's interesting. So I, I, I think the ending is it is an interesting idea. However, I feel like the whole movie's purpose is just to get to that end. No, and I completely understand that. And I think um, Drew also mentioned this in his uh, review as well, uh, something that, that seemed very, very clear. Um, and we, I think we could pivot here. It's safe to say we could pivot to spoilers after I mentioned this because I think we, we've sort of exhausted the, the sort of like nuts and bolts of the movie. But it's, I find it fascinating yeah. that, you know, you mentioned um, um, in the box office uh, discussion about Jurassic world basically being like the, the force awakens and sort of like the dormant franchise being revived, but thematically yeah. very similar in terms of like, it toes that line between the present and the past and tries to, um, you know, kind of like, you know, adheres very closely to the template of the first film. And then this movie wants to kind of like destroy it, uh, just destroy its legacy to move on. And I find it fascinating that both yeah. the force awakens and the last Jedi. And then these two Jurassic world movies, are like kind of had these like baseline similarities to them. Um, yes, very much so. Very much so. For sure. The, the first films of each one of each installment is very much greatest hits, playing yep. it safe, doing what their audiences want, and then the second one in each installment blows themselves up. Although I would I would maybe argue that the Last Jedi does it even more drastically. Oh, for sure, because this one is kind of like the last five minutes. But with that, I think this might be a good time to swing into spoilers. So uh, spoilers for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom starting right now. Yeah, actually, I'm just about to watch it now, Jack. I have already seen it! (laughs) Anyway, uh, at the end, there's a very unusual twist. Oh! (laughs) Oh, no! Oh, no, I know there's a twist! I'm going to spend the whole film guessing what it is! Um... Yeah, I that ending, uh, with the exception of, all right, there's going to be like quite a bit to talk about. We might get jumbled here, so for so for <laughs> listeners, uh, bear with us. Um, number one, the genetically cloned granddaughter. That is like such a grand thing, kind of in and of itself, and the movie doesn't yeah. even take time to acknowledge that. Like, like you can't you can't just drop that. Cause that's, that's a massive like <laughs> advancement in technology within the world of this movie that you're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Like, we're just going to gloss over that fact. Um, yeah, yeah. That's sure. silly to me. But, uh, with the exception of her like line, she says when she decides to open the door and let those dinosaurs go, like, like it does, there is a poignancy at the end that I was surprised by. Like, like, like again, I was enjoying this movie on its B-movie B monster level, just because that's something I enjoy personally, but I, I'm with you that the movie's not very good. But I love that note of just like, you know, and I like I do like, even though he's basically the exposition machine in the movie, I like that it's bookend with, with Dr. Ian Malcolm being like, you know, we have to adapt. You know, the like we're in a new era, um, and we can't, like you said, we can't keep doing this. We can't keep making the same mistakes. When are we going to learn to not do that? 
So we have to either, you know, it, it comes down to that choice basically where it's like, okay, we either need to kill them all off or we need to release them out into society and they're going to live among us. And I think that's kind of a bold, like you said, bold, it's a bold move. Um, it's unfortunate that everything leading up to it doesn't like, I, I don't know. It just like, it, it could have been so much more impactful if the movie itself was better or it was like more. Yeah. I'm not engaging. even saying that moment is good. <laughs> I'm just sure. saying like, you know, the idea of like, also, it's also relatively bold because I think at, at one point, if you are going to continue a Jurassic World franchise, I think it's I think it's kind of a no brainer that at, at some point you need to let these animals into the world. They can no longer be isolated on an island. Totally. And they kind of did that with the Lost World, which uh, having just rewatched that movie, um, the first 40 minutes of this movie are basically the Lost World 2.0. Um, essentially you have, you, well, you have dying billionaire industrialist. Um, cause in the first one it's Richard Attenborough, like on his deathbed and sends the, um, Ian Malcolm and, uh, Julianne Moore's character, uh, to, to like basically gather photos and like show the public that, uh, that these creatures are worth preserving because he's signed over his company to, I think his nephew or something like that, who sends another team of mercenaries to like capture them and bring them back to San Diego. Zoo. Right, right. So it's like, it's basically the first 40 minutes of this movie are almost beat for beat, uh, the lost world. Um, and then it becomes, I mean, I won't say something different, but, um, you know, whether or not the Gothic horror stuff, uh, worked for you or not. The one thing I did kind of appreciate is that it wasn't like an overly bombastic, like big, like in like a big open area and like big, like ridiculous spectacle. Like I, I liked the sort of relative small scaleness of it, that it basically all took place in a house. Um, whether or not that right. works. Self-contained. Kind yeah. Of thing, the yeah. self-contained aspect of it. But um, I'm trying to think, I don't know exactly where I was going with the, the beat for beat uh, thing of the lost world, but, but it's something I picked up on where I'm like, this is very, very similar. And that movie ends actually, uh, I don't know if it's in the first Jurassic. I mean, it should, it's probably in the first Jurassic part, but that movie also ends with Richard Attenborough on the television, basically saying like, we're going to let Isla Sorna, the site B, be uh, just be a preservatory and just let these dinosaurs live. And we're not going to bother them. And they're going to be out there and exist and be on their own. And like, they could have ended that series right then and there. And it would have just been like a perfect, like ending. Um, but then they just pigeonhole don't themselves. Don't even like don't like, even like in the la- in the third one. Don't don't even like some like like pterodactyls like fly off into the world and they they don't ever pick up on that again. Like it's like it's yes. almost like never happened. It's in the last like shot of the movie, um, which that's a whole other that that movie's a whole other can of worms. But yeah, like the pterodactyls are like flying off, and it's like how would you not like see that in the I don't know. It's that movie's not very good. Um, the, the, well, here's my one. here's my you know sort of confession for this podcast is I've never seen Jurassic the, the parts two and three, and I kind of have no interest. I mean, I don't um, think you need to. I will say with I've read lost... enough to sort of understand uh-huh. and for this podcast and, and or for reviewing the other movies and getting sure. a good sense of what happens. I, I know I know what happens, but. I've never seen them, so some details kind of escape me, and and I just, I just never care. I, I guess the other thing, I, like I just to qualify that back up, backing up a little bit, is I never saw Jurassic Park, um, the original, until way way after the fact. So I think that's all another reason why I just didn't really have like um, all this sort of like built-in nostalgia affection for it that like sure. everybody did. I just didn't, for whatever reason, didn't really care all that well, much about it at the time. Well, just even at the time, like, I, I, I think it's a good movie. I just, at the time, I kind of, I was at an age when I was rejecting blockbusters, basically. Oh, and that's understandable. I think, like, any sort of cinephile at some point reaches that, you know, is is at that point in their life where they're just like, fuck these movies. Like, they're, yes, you know, like, who, yes. gives, who gives a shit and all that. Yeah. No, I totally understand that. And I, I will say... I, I don't think the movie's, like, particularly great, but I think there are aspects of The Lost World that are, like, truly stunning. Um, I think there are... Um, some of Spielberg's best staged action sequences are in that movie. Like, I like the, the movie... I don't think the sort of, like, story would hold together under scrutiny, because it's kind of, like, overly convoluted. 
Um, yeah. But I think there are like really good aspects of it. And then three is literally just a straightforward B movie. Like it's 90 minutes long. There's no, like the setup is flimsy as all hell. And it's just an excuse to like have just a bunch of monsters, which like that movie is completely at odds with uh, the sort of messages that these movies try to convey. Um, right. And so I guess I appreciate that these newer ones try to get to that, but um, I do agree with you in that like, I like the, I do, the one thing I do like about the previous film is the recognizing the limits of the series. Um, I just don't think it does enough with it. Or, or again, maybe it seems like an excuse. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's like a, a self-aware commentary or just a, Hey, this is the best we could do. Like, this is all we got. Um, and, and it's really hard for me to, to tell which is, which is, uh, which is the case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a movie that starts off like what I do like about Jurassic world is it's set up in the idea that it's like, how many times are people going to fucking fall for this thing? How many, how many, mista- how many times are we going to mistake this? I no longer buy this as an audience. I think this is bullshit, but, but when you bring in, and, and I guess it's, I, from what I glean, it's sort of been in the other films, but when you really bring in this idea that like, uh, you know, corporate, corporate greed and corporate interest um, supersede any kind of uh, caution, then it makes it makes a little bit more sense in this in our world where you can understand. Yeah, I can see how they would do that because like money is is, is more important than human lives, right? I mean, we see that every single day mm-hmm. with with certain policies or whatever. It, it's like you know, money fuels everything. So I think in in that sense, I did like that setup of Jurassic World as it's built on corporate interest is the reason. Like if you if if you're an audience member who you who you cannot uh you you cannot truck with the idea that like come on are they gonna do this fucking again is that like that that somehow corporate interest and, and the money making machine behind this has has just basically juggernaut steamrolled over the ideas that like well maybe we shouldn't be doing this totally but then it, but then it goes back to that at odds with itself because the, but the because they do keep doing it sort of thing they're they're like they're like like within the movie they're like oh we shouldn't keep doing this but i i I don't know and then i guess it's a feedback loop because then the movie makes a billion and a half dollars and then it's like okay well now we have to keep doing it because of corporate interest so it's it's no no for sure the meta commentary is pretty interesting i I think that it is interesting it's interesting and it's totally there but it's just one of those things where it's like it's tough because it almost feels cynical in and of itself as well um, and I don't know, maybe if the movies did a little bit more, um, for me or had like more interesting story, I'd be able to like forgive that aspect yeah. of it. But, but like, because yeah. the movies themselves are so kind of like flimsy, um, it, it just, it, it sort of like, just feels like, a um, it feels greedy and they're acknowledging. So, which I mean is, right. is fine. It's more so than, um, most the, like franchises keep going but um right let's talk about for a second just like the hilarious kind of transition the 180 of of the bryce howard uh bryce dallas howard character thank you who who is he was like totally the poster girl of corporate greed in the jurassic world movie and then in fallen kingdom she's now become dinosaur activist (laughs) dinosaur dinosaur rights activism done a complete 180 and now is like oh my god these animals these poor things what how could we possibly do this one meanwhile she was like a, a ruthless shrew in the first movie which is another reason i think people hated that movie because they hated the characterization of her right and I, uh, maybe so um and i don't know i just i have so many problems with that movie that supersede the performances that i don't like i don't yeah. I, I don't have an issue with her but i do agree like that was the thing i was confused about because i was uh i considered re-watching Jurassic World, but I was like, I don't, mm-hmm. I, life's too short. Like, I, I don't need to, I, re, I remember enough of it. I don't think I need to rewatch it before this one. I think right. I'll, I'll remember enough. But uh, right. when it starts, and yeah, she's got, she's got that little, like, uh, like political office of, like, like, like a campaign office with, like, dinosaur activists and whatnot. And I'm just like, wait, wait a minute. Wait, weren't you <laughs> this yeah. other person? That doesn't make, a, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. And then, um, you know, and then there's, like, exchanges between her and Chris Pratt to show that they had like a relationship in between uh the movies but like that falls completely flat <laughs> like that is sort of not believable yeah. um I don't know yeah and then it's just uh 
I also laughed really hard. I, I, I took a, a friend at the screening and he even like put his arms up, like what the fuck? Um, which like, it made sense, I guess, given that, that they got double crossed on the Island, but they cut to after blue gets tranquilized and then shot. And then they take that dinosaur out and they tranked, uh, uh, Chris Pratt's character, they like cut to him later and he's just lying there and he's like, wait, they just left him. <laughs> they just left him there in the middle to die, right. which I'm like, it makes, but as it goes on, you're like, okay, these are like really cartoonishly greedy characters. Um, speaking of which, did you, uh, did you enjoy however half-ass they might've been these like half-ass uh, parables to like our modern nightmare political landscape? Like there, there's that line where, um, it's actually kind of a stupid ass moment where the, the like colonel gets uh, uh, yelled at by the, the veterinarian girl. And he's like, Oh, what a nasty woman or says yeah. some stupid shit yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 and then yeah. like Rafi Spall's character, like, I don't know. He, he, he had an Eric Trump being like vibe to me. Um, mm. I, I maybe, maybe like had to do with like the endangered species sort of element, but I, I, I don't know. I read that character as, as that, like, I don't know. It's, it goes, it again goes with that, like a lot of good ideas at play here, but not like a good way to sort of like wrangle them and make them into something cohesive. Yeah. And political commentary in and of itself is nothing special if it doesn't really, you know, it's exactly. not resonant. You get it every day on twitter feed so it's just like yeah. you know if it's not resonant in a movie then it's just oh that's just an added thing you you threw in there so um oh, what else what else can we talk about i don't like <laughs> it's it's hard because there really isn't a whole lot here um well i i one of the things that i sort of wanted to uh to discuss and i well i i think maybe we haven't have been discussing it in general is is that Jurassic Park is just, um, it's like Jaws, right? It's, it, it's, uh, you know, and, and the films follow a similar kind of thing. It's like once you've kind of done the Jaws thing, right, you've seen the monster, you've, you've been awed by it, you've been shocked by it, you've been horrified by it, you can't really do a really successful second or third or more. You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. never been a good Jaws movie since. Yeah. Because... Um, you know, it just, you can't really get over that, that, that kind of, uh, the, the, the initial experience of this thing. You've experienced it. You've witnessed it. It's no longer special. I mean, that's, what's interesting, I guess, about Jurassic world is again, is that the plays with the idea that like, you know, dinosaurs are no longer special. We understand this. We have to like, and, and then, and then of course it fails itself by like, we have to do bigger and better. And then it does bigger and better. And it's like bigger and stupider. And, and it's like doing the exact same sort of thing that's saying we shouldn't do. Um, but I just think there's like sort, sort of like, unlike a lot of other uh, stories out there that we see, you know, franchises and brands and sequels and stuff like that. I don't think Jurassic Park in fundamentally lends itself to sequelization. No. Um, this is why we have, these movies that are, you know, for the most part, they're all kind of fairly problematic and not very good. Um, you know, I, I think Jurassic World as a, as a, I mean, I totally get people's issues with it. I think I've kind of conveyed that throughout this podcast. I kind of enjoyed it as a thrill ride at the time. But yeah, I, I think, I, I just think that um, I don't think they're inherently franchisable. I think they're almost inherently unfranchisable. Um, despite the fact that they've made five movies now. Um, and I think that's also the reason why they, you know, broke this thing, like sort of broke the, you know, they let the genie out of the bottle. They broke it and there's no putting it back in. The dinosaurs are out in the world now. Um, and because that's kind of the only place where they can go. But it's, you can't really, it just doesn't have the same sustainability as other franchises. No, um, you're you're never telling new stories. You're just telling the same story over and over again. Um, and again, you know this this kind of story that's gonna you know uh, have its cake and eat it too. It, it's just like it's always a mix of like don't play God, don't mess with this kind of thing, but let's play God and let's mess with this thing. Um, and and so that's always like folding in on itself and devouring itself and and. Uh, sort of curdling on itself and that's just going to continue to happen and I, I, I the interesting thing about Trevorrow and he's directing the third one and you're going on is that I think in a way for him 
I'm guessing that the third one is in a way that like that just puts finality on it and ends it. I'm sure they're going to want to keep going, but I think he's going to what he's going to come up with is something that he'll go, look, if the series ends right here, that's perfect for me and I think it's over. However, you studio who own this thing, if you want to keep going on it, you I'm sure you can figure out a way to do that and maybe here's the little key if you really want to do it, but as far as I'm concerned, this thing's done. And I'm and I'm done. And thank you very much for the opportunity. I've you know directed two of these. I've oversaw one. And but I'm but now life goes on. That's I'm I'm I would I would bet money. Um, very uh, th- that that's his 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 thinking. Totally. Well, I I, I think in that same um, interview that I referenced earlier on uh, Uprocks, he mentioned uh, that that they're building towards something in a third one. Um, and and it, it's probably going to be a sort of finality. Like you know, I, I they're not really comparable series but like you know maybe like you know i I don't know think like the dark knight rises where it's like you know the movie ends in such a way where it's like if warner brothers really wanted to they could have kept going off that movie but no one's like okay it ends this is where it ends um you could go off it if you want to but i'm done and this story is over so that's something like that um yes yes yes. that's a good that's that's a good example of, of something that's a complete story that's done and if the studio wanted to they could have figured out a way to keep going exactly but they they were smart enough to recognize that not only should they respect this story it it, it, it is over like yeah, it, it, it's, it's done it's done <laughs> it's over. the whole the whole idea of it of the the inkling that's left is more a thematic thing of the idea that that connects to the first one that this is all about symbolism yeah that right? man's a symbol and uncorruptible and anybody can be it yes exactly yeah. um so i want to go back to two things that, that uh like touch on that you said uh, Jaws for sure. And also it's funny you mentioned that cause I just went through the Halloween series for the first time. Um, yeah, yeah. um, well, I mean, I'd seen the original and like the two Rob zombie ones as a projectionist, but I hadn't seen any of the sequels and that's also mm. very similar where it's like, okay, like Michael Myers is there. He's a shape. Uh, you did this one thing. It was very simplistic. It's very terrifying. Um, but like the more you do it, it's just like, okay, he's just a guy. And so it's like, what more can you do? It's like, Michael comes right, back. Right, it. You're just again. doing the same. Yeah, Michael yeah. comes back. He comes back again. It's like the dinosaurs are on the, you know, the island. We go back to the island. We go back to the island. That's why this one at least is like, okay, let's get them off the island. And yes. now it's like they're in the world and it sort of at least breaks open, you know, it, it, it breaks the bottle. The genie's out. There's no going back. And the series is... In, in a way, its template has been forever changed. Absolutely. Um, and, and now we have to deal with that in the third one, which is an interesting at least setup, or at least, if not brave, which, which might be even, you know, that might be overstating it, but at least it is self-aware to realize that, look, if we're going to keep going, we have to do some major steps, so let's do this. Agreed. Uh, and then which the is other... kind of what Last Jedi did, right? Yes, like, absolutely. If we want to keep If we want to keep this thing going, we need to, you know, be drastic about it yes we have to kind of destroy the past and not be beholden to it and do our own thing the other yeah. thing the other thing i wanted to i wanted to point uh people in the direction uh, of another good article i think it just came uh came out today uh matt singer wrote it over at screen crush um about the jurassic park series and he basically pinpoints the exact moment in the first jurassic park and why the sequels can't replicate it um, and it's, it's very good. It's, it's, it's basically talks about the scene in the beginning of Jurassic Park when, uh, um, Hammond goes and meets Dr. Grant. He tells him about this expedition. He doesn't, he doesn't tell him that it's about dinosaurs. He's just saying that it's like, it's going to pique your interest. It's right up your alley. And so they're, they're at this Island and they don't know what's happening. And then it's that first scene in the Jeep and that look on Laura Dern's face that, oh my God, there's right, that moment there. of awe. Yeah. It's that this, moment this of awe. Spielbergian yeah. moment of awe. That's like, exactly. You, you can't beat that. Nope. It's like, the, you cannot recapture the, it. Yeah. You can't recapture that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I haven't read that piece, but, but, uh, yeah, I've always thought that it's such a big, like, it is the moment of audience identification with like, wow, we're seeing something for the first time that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And it is awe inspiring and terrifying and amazing and all at once. And um, yeah, you'll never get that again in any of these movies, right? No, you can't like you, you can, you can make, I mean, like I said, I, I, I will go to bat for some of the sequences in um, the lost world. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But they, they still don't even match the, the power that that scene had, like as well directed as, 
um, some of those sequences are. You just you can't get that feeling of of magic, the feeling of terror, the same feeling of t- like the characters are going through. I mean, the whole like scene that perce- or that um, follows up where they're at dinner, and that's where Ian Malcolm has that whole spiel about like we shouldn't be playing God, and you you spent more time thinking that you could instead of what you should like, and all that stuff. So it's yeah. like, oh, this is awe inspiring, but also this is terrifying because these are dead. Right, and that goes back to what I was saying, kind yeah. of like Jaws, right? Exactly. Yeah, you it's can't. It's kind of the same feeling as the first time you see the shark, the first time you know you, you experience this horror, this wonder, this terror. It's amazing, and every Jaws movie has. I mean, what they've made, I think three, four Jaws movies, there and were they were all like, they're all like pitiful, right? I mean, they're yeah. not as bad as the. The Jurassic, uh, the Jurassic Park movies, and, and Spielberg was smart enough to um, to move on from from uh, Jaws, but not smart enough to move on from from uh, the Jurassic series, even though they're you know very similar in that regard. Totally, yeah, they're just they're just they've just become kind of B monster movies, which um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm all for that aspect in some regards, but like I think we like we said ad nauseum. Um, completely butts heads with the the message of these movies, um, and they're just continuously at odds with each other. And um, yeah, yeah, I guess, and I think they always will be. I, I don't know how you rectify that because I'm, you're trying to do a monster movie with empathy, and but you know, essentially, you still have this monster, and uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know how how uh, how the series ever reconciles that within itself. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it can. Like, like I'm yeah. trying to think of other movies where like you have the empathy, like King Kong or something. And it's just like, but that's not, but that's one story and it's, it's one story. you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, yeah. And it doesn't go on and on. And there's a way to, you know, this is it's different. It's a sentient creature, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a different thing. No, I, for sure. No, you're right. Um, I think we're probably getting pretty close to wrapping up. Do you, do you have any like, uh, final thoughts on, uh, <laughs> on fall fallen kingdom or on the, the series as a whole. Have we not really, I just, just to under, yeah, just to underscore the thing that I just don't, you know, I, I don't think these things are, are inherently franchisable. I think they've done maybe admirable is too strong of a word, but they've certainly thrown every idea at the book to try and keep these, uh, at the wall to, to try and keep these things going. Um, you know, they certainly, uh, took the, the big step at the end to try and make this keep going. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I, I really think it's got to end in the next one. And, and it, like you said, sort of set it up, like if you want it, if the studio wants to go with it from here, you can, but like, this is, this has been kind of exhausted and, um, I, I don't know what more you can do with this. I, other, the other thought is just that, like, I think audiences seem to kind of like this kind of thrill ride, no matter what, and they don't necessarily um, aren't as discriminating as, as some of us are. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that regard, maybe it is going to hit the 400 million mark that you think it will. Um, we'll see. Um, I, I, I feel like audiences are getting tired of it, but maybe it's a little bit of the critic proof kind of thing. And, and audiences just want to keep experiencing, experiencing, experiencing them. Because clearly um, overseas, people have not had enough of this thing. Totally. No, and I mean, I... I this franchise is not near as bad, but you know, I mean, the transformers movies are that where it's like completely critic proof. And I know that that second movie made over $400 million. Granted that was a few years ago. And I don't, it doesn't feel like there was a blockbuster every week and people generally liked that first movie. So there was still goodwill going into it, but I don't know. I, I I think um, I, I agree with you. I think people enjoy this thrill ride. The audience that I was with certainly seemed to uh, really take to it. Um, Hmm. and so, um, I think they're with it. And, um, and like I said, I'll admit, like I enjoyed some of this movie schlockier elements, but in no way will I go to bat for it being good and no way with like many other options out there to see. I just, I just can't quite recommend it, but it was take your, uh, you mentioned this during solo where you were, you said, uh, you're like, I was totally locked in and engaged, but while also not enjoying it very much. And that's, that's kind of my, sort of your yeah, that was my experience with this one where it's like, I was locked in for it, but it was like, but I recognized, I was like, this movie's not very good. Um, it's really right, not. Right. So, um, cool. Well, I think just like the series, we've exhausted all the, the sort of possibilities <laughs> yeah. uh, of the discussion of this movie. So thanks for, thanks for chatting about it. Uh, 
uh, hopefully, yeah, you know, of course. If, we're, if we're still doing this in three years, when the next Jurassic World comes out, maybe we'll be proven wrong. Maybe the maybe yeah. we'll come up with something. But uh, yeah, we'll see. And I'm sure in a, I'm sure in a, in a few weeks when we pod about something else, we'll briefly mention whether how how right or how wrong we were about the box office on this one. Totally looking forward to it. Well, thanks yeah, again, man. Cool. Yeah, thanks for having me.